Welcome back to 1010's Podcast. My name is, of course, Michael Beck. I'm here with Adam Wilson and Bobby Veerhout. And we have guests again this week. This week we have uh, Chris Harrison and uh, Mike Hauptman. Did I get that right? Oh, yeah. Sweet. From uh, the Iowa State University Formula SAE team. Cyclone Racing. Cyclone yep. Racing. Is that what you guys actually go by? Is that yep. like your yeah. your team name? Is that all of the SAE teams? Or is um, that just you guys? It pretty much... It's, on it's on in, Facebook, it's just us. But yeah, like right. in general, it's it's all of them. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because when I was looking for you guys on Facebook, I tried putting in like ISU Formula Team. It took me a while to find it. But you guys have yeah. a decent following on Facebook. You have like 1,200 likes or something like that. So. Yeah. Do we already have that many? It's yeah. more than we yeah, have. Way more than we do. Yeah. Way more than we do. <laughs> we usually... We try to go by Cyclone Racing because it's easier to say than ISU, FSAE team so because yeah, that makes sense people are like what's that yeah it's sae and it really it just goes straight to like yeah it's are you guys the yeah. four or are you guys the solar car team so yeah oh, no, see that's not where i would go first <laughs> so that's what everyone's just like oh yeah you guys are like the solar car right uh, yeah sure. people know the solar car more than the four oh absolutely oh, yeah yeah so maybe this is because we come from racing yeah that's all we do but i didn't know that yeah. they had a solar car until like a couple weeks ago when i started talking to you guys if you're <laughs> above like 30 for some reason, you know about the solar boat, and yeah. we're all... There's a solar boat? No, it That's just looks a it. lot like a boat. Yeah, oh, a big oh, boat. Yeah. oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. Well, they always sh- they always talked about the solar car for, like, when you go into engineering, they're like, you can be part of the solar team. Yeah. But they don't or talk about, like, the, the other ones. Yeah, but don't they have a car with a gas engine in it? Tell me more about yeah, that one. Yeah, tell me that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one with the formula cars. That's <laughs> what I want. slicks on it, and there's yeah. one that goes over rough terrain. Those yep. are the ones I want to talk about. This whole energy-saving thing, I'm out. Yeah, I think I even heard about uh, was it human powered vehicle? Yeah, uh, they, they talked about that. Yeah, you I mean, think they talked you mean about that. Bicycles? More. It's a. <laughs> That's not cool. No, <laughs> no. I'm we like have, we have burned every bridge for the other ones already. <laughs> <laughs> we have committed to the formula team. We're with them. Right. That's right. It's pretty much a bicycle. Yeah. I don't even think it's around anymore. So it's you good. just you just put like five guys on a bicycle and just. It's a, yeah, it's called the Pedal Pub. It's downtown. <laughs> <laughs> See it every once in a while. Once that's out. powered by beer. I think that's different. Yeah, but you can't drink out. You can't drink outside. What? Wait, you can't drink on the the on one the, in Des Moines. You have to like drink elsewhere and then just ride it around. So the and one then go drink elsewhere. So I guess the for people that don't know, there's this. It's like a. It's it's like a park bench basically. It's got, it, <laughs> it is. It, it is. is. It's, like a yeah. big, it's like a big park bench with. Uh, they've got bicycle pedals at each location where you sit. But I thought there was a keg on there, and you you biked around downtown Des Moines and uh, drank out of the keg. There is, but in Des Moines, apparently, you can't drink while riding it. Well, that's you get like a DUI for something? I, I don't know. That's the most pointless thing I've ever heard. Why of. would you ever Cause they do that? Jess did it last weekend and they for the bachelorette party, and they were like, nope, sorry, no drinking. You Exer- can just ride it around. Exercise and I can't drink on it? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't yeah. want anything to do with it. Wouldn't that. you rather just sit at a bar? I bet that thing's heavy, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... I'm I'm not known for my bar scene antics, but that doesn't sound like anything I want to be a part of. No. You definitely hate cardio. Yeah. <laughs> so why would you want to drink what you don't like doing don't and do, do cardio at the same time? No, it's, I'm out. That's yeah. a terrible business plan. People are doing it, though. Apparently. Jess did it. She said it was busy. No, she hated it. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's not going to last very <laughs> and long. And she does cardio things. She looks yeah, like she's fairly in shape. Yes. Let's talk more about Rodney's <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> so tell me about the formula car. <laughs> No, we got personal again. So anyway, okay. let's talk about you guys. So uh, are you mechanical engineer? Is that what you're going for, both of you? Uh, yeah, um, yep. on the Formula team and pretty much all of SAE as a whole, most of us are mechanical engineers, which I want to note that we are not limited to that. 
we are trying to recruit other people that are not mechanicals. I feel like an electrical engineer here and there wouldn't hurt. And no, that would we, help. We try to get help. them. We we rope them in, and you know we try to like Smeckledor from the come, and then <laughs> they uh, they quickly kind of leave when they find out we're just a bunch of nerds that just yep. I don't know. I don't know. We can't keep them around. I don't know what the deal is, but or we're not nerdy enough. I don't know. Yeah, one of the two. I only know one electrical engineer, but he's not really nerdy. Although he does play a lot of WoW, so maybe you're onto something. Yeah, there we go. He might be onto something. So we we need like a designated WoW table or something. Yep. I like it. We should do that. I don't know. D tournaments. Play it, but I I like the idea. If for some reason you should be recruiting at uh, at that comic book store on Mayhem. Yeah, Mayhem. Oh, Lincoln Way. Yeah. Maybe that's you're just recruiting at the wrong places. Yeah. We go. Now let's. Now that we went ahead and stereotyped them, that's good. <laughs> now, now you're not never, getting any electro. <laughs> <electrical. laughs> that's right. So, so tell us more about. Um, well, let's talk about how you guys got involved with the team. Yeah, are you guys car guys by? I am by, by day, or I am by unfortunate lifestyle. So, yeah, Chris and I like have this weird connection because we've owned all the weird stuff. Like you had an LT one, right? I mine was an, uh, an LS one. Oh, he's way more uptown. Yeah, than I was, yeah, cool, I was yeah. in the big leagues. Yeah, I had uh, I had both years of the the LS one F bodies. I had a '98 and had an O2. I had a '98 Firebird and an O2 Camaro. Why'd you sell those? We, we, how long is this thing? It can be as long as you want it <laughs> yeah. to be. Yeah. Okay. The Firebird, I uh, jumped the gun on, went ahead and bought it. It had a weak fifth gear synchro, which I knew when I bought it, so I, I got it for virtually nothing i got it for pretty much what the powertrain costs and then i got busy doing formula and stuff thanks mikey no problem and uh right before we were leaving our competition it decided to try to shear a key on the counter shaft which is fifth and sixth gear so and if it were to shear actually it wouldn't come out of fifth and sixth gear so i essentially had a four-speed car and i ended up putting it on craigslist see if anyone would bite on it and someone came and bought it for what I paid for it, so. Well, that's not a bad day, though. I drove it for, I don't know, six months and sold it for what I paid for it. Is that the green one or the red one? That was the red one. The you can't be mad Oh, I guess the green one, too, so now I've had three, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's had enough he doesn't remember, so. I've, I've had a lot of dumb stuff through there. Um, and then the, the Z28, I had, I bought, oh, I don't know, January last year, maybe? Yeah, probably. January last year, I went to... Uh, what I thought was going to be a little bit south of Kansas City ended up being uh, a lot further south in Kansas City. Lake, Lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> <laughs> ended up being, um, well, because for whatever reason, the road that they were on uh, got remapped, so GPS didn't, couldn't find it. It like locates somewhere else. Because I was talking to a lady I found on Craigslist, and it was dirt cheap, and I was like, well, it's in Kansas City. If I can't buy it, sure, that I can buy something else, right? And then I get to Kansas City, and I, you know, I called her. I was like, "Hey, I'm like 15 minutes away," and she's like, "No, you're not." <laughs> she's like, "You, you must have GPSed it." It was another two hours south of Kansas City. Oh shit! So I bought that thing in middle of nowhere. Uh, actually, it was in Kansas. It was like down the border. Um, well, now that we're way off topic, like down that trail, I ended up selling it because I wasn't really quite in love with it, and I wanted to get another Firebird, or actually, I wanted to build an LS1 RX7. And I put it on Craigslist, and some guy came and bought it for a considerable amount more than I paid for it. So I let her go. Nice. Chris apparently knows how to make money flipping yeah, cars. Yeah, we need to have I, a chat with him about that at some point, too. I, I, think. I don't know. I I don't go and try to rip people off. I just buy something for less than it's really worth, 
and they don't, I mean, I don't beat them up. It's just listed for that. I think I can make a buck. I usually travel a bit and then I come back because I call the Des Moines area. It's got a fun tax on anything you buy, like F bodies and all those cars. Like they're going to be like a grand or two more around Des Moines than they will be in even Kansas city, Omaha or anything like that. So I've noticed that too. Like even Fort Dodge and Sioux city, which aren't that far away. Right. Are a lot of times those things are cheaper. He's got a good point. I guess I've never, so there is a tax there for sure. Yeah. So kids, if you're willing to drive a little bit and you want a fun car, go to like Kansas City. Top Gear top tip. There we go. 1010's top tip? 1010's <laughs> Yeah, that's probably a better one. Uh, so um, then you had um, you had a GTI too. I did you? have a GTI. I bought that. It's like your spirit animal. I know. He's had all the same cars as me. Uh, did you have a GTI? Yeah. I had a 2004 VR6 six-speed. I had no two 1.8T. <laughs> That must have sucked for you because I had a 1.18. It was the worst six years of my life. Really? Yeah. I love mine. I Chris only had his for like a month. So. Oh, you didn't have it no, long enough No, it to- was like... It was like three months. Let's get real. <laughs> That's not long <laughs> enough to have anything go wrong. No, no, I sold it. That's why I sold it. <laughs> Good <laughs> move. Honest, yeah. Trust me. I had, yeah. I had a TT. Yeah. And I had all these dreams and aspirations of modifying yep. it heavily. Every dime that I was going to put into making it go faster just went into yeah. keeping it on the road so I could get to work the next day. Yep. Yep. I bought it. Um, it had a... I mean, imagine that. If anyone out there has had any... Uh, like Audis or VW power plants, you'll know that anything that is related to boost or vacuum will go wrong. Yes, it will crack, it will leak, it will So break. I bought it, had a boost leak, and the guy didn't know, it just flipped a check engine light. So I bought it, took it down here, fixed the boost leak, ended up pumping up the boost a little bit. I think I was running around 22 pounds in it, which is as much as a stock turbo can do, which I think is like, it was like 20 to 22 pounds. So I mean, it was pretty fun, but uh, it had this cool thing where somewhere in the car, one of the speaker wires is starting to ground out on something. So if you're going down the road and you hit like a weird bump, it would just like earth shatter the stereo. (laughs) And that was quite something. And then like reverse was kind of hard to get out. Like your first time you backed out and reversed, like it was like a two handed pull. Out of reverse to get out. I don't. I've never heard That's of that. Problem. Was that a five speed? Yeah, it was a five speed car. And I've never heard of that. I've had both the five and the six. I never had I had that. never heard of it either, and that's why I was like, "No, I don't really want to deal with this." And uh, I had to stick my hand. Actually, it was when the same hose blew out like four times. I decided enough was enough, and he's apparently a faster <laughs> learner than I am. Yeah, because I had my I had my Audi. I think for six months, and it pissed me off enough that I got rid of it, and then yep. I decided I should replace it with a GTI because that would be better. Right? Yeah, those right. are They're totally different things. They're vastly different. different things. <laughs> oh well. What else? Have you had anything else that's really interesting? Um, I have. I mean, for maybe some classic car guys, I've I've got a or classic truck guys. I've got a '69 GMC. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, Do you have one? Christ. My dad has a seventy GMC, and I steal it all the time. Oh Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> the four speed, three fifty four speed. Mine's a three fifty uh, four hundred. So I want it to be. I have a Saginaw three speed laying on the floor for whatever reason. I don't know, but that's. Uh, I've actually got a big block and probably a five speed to go in it. Or if my the body falls off my Cummins soon enough, that's where it'll go. So. He does truck things too. I guess. Yeah, he really I have, is your he does more things animal. than we, even we do. Yeah, what are we doing wrong? 
I don't get it. Don't See, most of them, you most live a way more exciting life. You should have a podcast, maybe. I'm, I'm good at if like there's anything I'm good at, it's bullshitting. So I mean, that's all a podcast is, yeah. <laughs> right? You just have to get on here and pretend like you know something. Oh, that's all I'm good and at. And then people, people will well, like, well, he must be an expert. He's on iTunes. Let's go with that. Right. It's perfect for it, you. It gives you an, an air of right of professionalism. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, my life isn't purposely exciting. <laughs> if you if you talk to like if you hang out with me enough, you can ask any of my friends. I have. About the worst luck you can have out of just anyone. Anything that will go wrong, like, or can go wrong, will go wrong. I know everyone says that, but then, like, you take another, like, another step and stuff will just, like, catch on fire a lot. And then that, that's, like, my life. You should get, like, a Fiat or something. Cause you, those, you know what? That'd be a good idea. I've got a Fiat, yeah. too, yeah. If you want really? to borrow it for a while, sure. Yeah, you want? Do you not want it again? It hasn't been I'll on, drive it. It hasn't been on fire in at least six months. See, yeah, there we go. It's been extremely reliable for a Fiat, so I want to see if if your theory holds true, it should catch on fire and burn to the ground. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, we can give her a shot. I'm I'm game for whatever. So, um, well, let's move on, sure. Mike. Yep. Are you a uh, petrol head, or where? Did, how did you get into the Formula team? What made you interested in the Formula team? Um. Well, in high school, I was I don't know always pretty sporty i liked you know competition and everything and i also like doing engineering kind of stuff but i saw i saw that you could you know build a race car in, in school and you know i thought that was pretty sweet and that was pretty much what started it it was nowhere near you know the level of car guy all you guys are so is it something that you want to get into now that you've been on the formula team or uh definitely try hopefully you know get a job somewhere in motorsports or automotive related i think that would be Awesome. It, it hooked me definitely when I first started and yeah. So, so how's the program work? I mean, obviously you come in to the, the school, you get into the engineering school and then right. do you have to apply to the team then or how's that process? Well, work? That, I mean, that's something we get asked a lot, but, um, essentially what you do is we'll be at pretty much any welcome fest anywhere for the university. We're at all the like freshman welcome fest, we're at the club fest everywhere. So you can usually find us and sign up. The easiest way is sign up for an email address, whether you message us through Facebook or, you know, whatever, and we'll send out emails and just come to our first meeting and we'll kind of lay everything out. And I would like to note that we do not need people that are just engineers. We need everyone. We can get business majors because a large part of our competition is a business part of competition. We're supposed to sell these cars, allegedly. So anyone that's listening out there that wants to join, you don't have to know anything about cars to come. You don't have to know anything about machining. You have to know anything about engineering because most of us didn't know anything when we started. So. I learned, yeah, I learned everything I know now just by showing up and doing stuff. Right. And essentially, like Chris said, it runs like a small business. So there's, you know, at competition, there's a marketing presentation you have to do. Um, overall, like how we operate, you know, whether we're thinking about competition or not, we need sponsors. So right. we have to reach out to those people. We need to budget ourselves. We need to, you know, get our purchases correct with, you know, what, what are we buying? What are we getting donated from a sponsor? So all of that stuff, we run the full spectrum. We need, you know, we need to get outreach because, you know, to do stuff like this podcast and, you know, around the university. So it's definitely the full spectrum of a business. So how did that process start for you then, Chris? Did did you, they find you through a fair, or how did you get wrapped up in this? How did now? I'm trying to remember. I when I started Iowa State, I started as an undeclared engineer, which means you're in engineering the college, but you're not declared as a specific major. 
and then I threw our what we have like our one on one classes. My TA or whatever you want to call it was friends with TJ Beavers. Oh, really? And he one day he found out I was in the cars and stuff and drug me over to meet with TJ Beavers, which was our president at the time. Um, so, and like I'd heard of it through like roughly through, I hear it through like the, um, what do you call it? The Iowa State Daily every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I heard of it. I had no idea what it was. And I heard someone say something about the Society of Automotive Engineers. Well, that sounded pretty neat, but I had no idea to get a hold of anyone. And then, like I said, my TA made me meet TJ Beavers, which was our president at the time. And he pretty much threw me to the wolves. And here I am. How long have you been on the team? Since my freshman year. And this is my fourth year. Okay. So so it's really not a matter of you guys have people banging at the door trying to get in here. And it's a, it's a selective group. You guys actually need... You need to recruit people or you need to get people in to, to help the team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'd like to say um, when we... F- beginning of each semester, especially the beginning of the year... If anyone's interested in trying out or like, or not trying out, hanging out with us or, you know, coming to our meetings, you're going to be discouraged at first because first, like everyone shows up, like we'll fill, um, like any lecture hall, our first two, three meetings. But if you stick past like the first, like three, four meetings, you know, keep showing up and we keep seeing your face, everyone disperses. Because people, I mean, there's nothing to do the first couple of weeks, so everyone just runs off. We only have like ten something team leaders, so it's, right. it's hard, you know, to cater to you know 300 people showing up like right. for the first meeting. And then also like you know the first semesters are our design semester, so it's more you know applying the knowledge that everybody already knows to designing the car. And sometimes it's it's harder for the newer members, you know, to to get into that right away, but. Like, obviously, like Chris is saying, like, as it goes on, it just, you know, things click and people are able to get working on some part, get to get familiar with the machines. And then, you know, then they start, you know, learning more about right. the car and especially just keep showing up. Exactly. Whether you show up yeah. every Thursday or whatever. We remember faces. I'm awful with names. So yep. <laughs> don't ever expect that to whoever your potential listener is. But. Show up. We remember your faces. We're, we'll give you work eventually when we have it. And like I said, if I know your face, eventually, you know, we'll throw you to the wolves and you'll probably get a team leader position. Hanging out, asking questions. That's always oh, yeah. like the best way for people to get involved. Don't and be then, afraid to ask questions because we are all eager to teach somebody what we know or just or just talk. hang out. Yeah. Like yeah. we do we do some outreach stuff like we've been to MB2 Raceway and, you know, and go-karting and paintballing and everything right. so we try to get you know try to become at least a group of friendly people before we actually start doing stuff yeah and if we seem really clicky it's because we're a bunch of nerds and most people aren't very outgoing <laughs> so it's not that we're clicky they're just a bunch of us that are socially awkward yes i mean i that's, get that yep. it's totally not us. right <laughs> not right <at> all. <laughs> yeah so your, your first meetings you have your your lecture hall full of people right. So then you you have ten of you guys up front. So like for the first few meetings, you're basically just going over like the rules, like the general plan of what you're going to do. Do you right. break up into teams right away and just kind of say, "Here's the design team, first, here's the finance team." The I mean, the first couple meetings, the first two meetings especially, I remember, um, it's <clears throat> both Baja Formula and Super Mileage. So it's all of us in the lecture halls and clean snowmobile and clean snowmobile. Sorry, you sled guys. 
I want <laughs> to say snowmobile just sounds like such a weird thing. I want to say sled nerds, but they're not listening anyways. Um, <laughs> we have all of us together and then we'll have like our president go up and then they'll give an overview of what we do. And then like each t- uh, tech director or was what we call them. They're like the technical leader of each team. They'll go up and explain what each car is, what they do, the competition, the premise of yeah. what happens. Okay. So we'll kind of we, overlay it. Yeah. We eventually get it more detailed. Uh, once people kind of are like sitting in the audience, like, yeah, okay, that's tiny. That team sounds okay. And then they'll right. go, they'll go to those specific meetings and then break off. Like, all right, you know, here's a, here's the suspension. Here's like the aerodynamics. Here's the engine, you know, all of such and such body right. work. And then they'll kind of see what they're interested in and keep breaking off. Yeah. And our focus is building, like designing and building and competing a race car, not driving the race car as much and working on our own cars. It's much less a racing team, you know, a racing club. It's more, more of a design. It's yeah. more of a yeah, engineering. Granted, business. we do it. I mean, we do it as much as we can. So yeah. don't don't say we're never going to do it. But no. Right. And I'm sure a lot of people, when they think formula car, I get right. to drive a formula car and that's all year. Ex- that's exactly and when they it. Fi- yeah. When they find out they don't get to, they probably stop showing up right i'm sure half the people in that crowd think there's some sort of hot shoe stig oh absolutely i yeah. get it every year and i'm uh i've been a driver fortunate enough to be a driver for i don't know since my sophomore year and so i usually talk to people that come in there think they think they want to drive or whatever and it's all it's always the same story you know someone had a fast car at home or whatever or and yeah, I drive an STI. Yeah, yeah. I think I so. Which granted, I mean, I'm cool not story, saying, bro. I don't. <laughs> right, I'm not saying that they're not good drivers, no, but not at all. I'm not gonna be impressed, nor do I care. So uh, the yeah. driving part is just is a huge balance between people that show up and someone's a good driver. You're not gonna drive the car if you're just a really good. In the driver. grand scheme of things, it's it's a very small part of right. what we're about. I mean, granted, yeah, it depends on you know your drivers to how well you do at competition. But, you know, that's so far down the road from when we're actually recruiting people that it's not, you know, it's right. not it's what not we're thinking about. So you guys, you started with a fresh design every year. And so say in August, you have a, your team. Right. And then you build from August to May or June. Mm-hmm. And then you race for like, what, two, three, four races? Or how's we that work? Have- well, we have... We go to two competitions, um, mostly because of budgeting reasons. Uh, there are two competitions in the U.S. There's one in Canada. So we go to one in canada and we go to one in the u.s um and they're like seven or eight or nine like in europe just you know so there's a bunch over there but obviously we don't have enough money to travel overseas and ship the car right so yeah we pretty much build it from august all the way up to competition and then we race at pretty much two competitions. And we do we do a lot of testing, and we do go to autocrosses, as you guys have... Yeah, we've seen you at a couple of the Marshalltown events that we right. regular. When all the stars align, and we have time, we have a truck, and the car is together, we go autocrossing, <laughs> which is like the stars I think, line. I think been, anybody who's more listening frequent. to this knows that that those things happening are, oh, yeah. are few and far between. Right. We get it. I can't count how many times Saturday morning or whatever rolls around and we're there to go autocrossing and the car doesn't start. Something's broken. Someone stole a part, you know, what's that like? Yeah. Robbie, I wouldn't, I wouldn't didn't know. get to race this weekend. I know nothing about this. <laughs> so the car that we saw, um, so we took pictures of the car, obviously out of right. your shop. That car was the 2015 car then. Correct. 
Yeah, that was that was last school year's vehicle. So the car, your guys' car, which I don't think I got any pictures of, was the one that was basically just the frame sitting on the rack. Yes, that uh, was. Yeah, it was a lot more together than than, yeah. than it appeared. But uh, we just need to bolt a couple things together, and yeah, that's pretty much. And if any other teams are listening, it's done. Don't worry, we're, we're car's uh, completely done. Actually, yeah, yeah we've I been testing. That. We've been testing. I think they had another car too. We're we're rebuilding. Yeah, we're yeah. rebuilding. Yeah, we right built now. a couple. Yeah, <laughs> this one's a spare for the our other one that's yeah. sitting in the trailer. So what? Um, What's the first competition that you guys are doing with that car? It'll be Canada. Canada? Which, yep. Formula North, we call it. And when, that is June is, 1st? Okay. Yeah, we leave June 1st, okay. and we get back June 6th. The competition is the 2nd through the 5th, so nice. it's in Barrie, Ontario. Where, oh, so that'll have just happened when the Great White North yeah, comes out. Yeah. We're well, a little bit ahead of schedule, so you guys are two oh. weeks out. Oh, are we? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. this will come out on the 5th. So yes. we've, we finished Formula North. To, yeah, with it, great success. It wow, it's amazing. Uh, you guys, you guys yeah, came like it. first. It's, we're, it's crazy. We're so honored to take first place. Yeah, the <laughs> car didn't break much, I don't think. So, <laughs> Just breaking necks and hearts. I got and it. And then you guys <laughs> said you race in Lincoln, right? Yep, Lincoln. Which is where SCCA's solo national. It's actually the week held. right before that. Yeah, it's it's the four days leading up to that. We're driving out as the big cars are driving in. Yeah. You guys should hang out for that. It's ridiculous. We, Race car overload. It would be awesome. Out of control. Well, we, we keep trying to every year. We talk about it. And because we get free, we'll get free admission to it. And we can even it's drive. free anyway. Well, to, I mean, we, could, we can drive. Yeah. Two drivers in sweet. it. You should totally do that. And, but we just got done with four days of competition being in Lincoln's Sun. Yeah, it's like 90 degree heat, like oh, on the concrete. I've been right. for, so for being that close, it is dramatically different. Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's mainly just a massive concrete. There's no shade. Dude, if you guys have never, if people have never been to that place, it's huge. It's like uh, it's got to be one of the biggest concrete pads in the country. That's what I was going to. It's say. like it's like a desert. That's it's, what it I always say. It's so hot. it's easily the biggest piece of concrete I've ever been on. And you're two miles from the nearest shade tree. Right. It's miserable. <laughs> If you stand at one side of it, you can't see the other. It's crazy, but they have like it's like giant military planes coming right. in and out of there. Yeah, I mean, we had a bunch of quite jets deal. and you know doing touchdown takeoffs right next to us, which was really sweet. Yeah, that would be fun. What's the date for the Lincoln event? You guys, fifteenth uh, through the eighteenth, I think of June. June. Yeah. Oh, so or, you guys? Not June. No. Uh, September for our competition. Or for, uh, well, or I guess for SCCA. Solo Solo Nationals is the week of Labor Day. Oh, really? Yeah. They might have. They did they move it? No, it's always been the week of Labor. But they have well, we, they have like three or four majors events there every year. So you guys might be the week before one of the match tours or pro solos or something like that. Mm, it must be or something. I thought it was nationals. I thought it was nationals as there's, well. There's multiple national events, but like oh. the final nationals. Oh, I don't think is, it's. Yeah, I don't think it's the final week nationals. of no. okay, the week of sense. Labor Day. Yeah. Oh, so you guys think it's June then? It's in June. Yeah, ours is in June. Oh, so it's just like one, two, and then you guys are done. Pretty much, officially. Unfortunately, done. yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, what do you do with the car at that point then? Do you guys try to autocross it over the summer, or do you just kind of... Assuming it's not scrap by the end of uh, Lincoln, we... I mean, if there's anyone left in town, usually they're... I mean, this week, um, the only one that's going to be in the shop really this week will be Mikey. Yeah. And maybe Christian. Maybe. Just two guys. Yeah. Most everyone else is out of town, either home or working. So they're during like the summer before the school year, there really isn't enough hands to go. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if there's enough hands, enough people around. <clears throat> well, it's like, yeah, like last year we went to Marshalltown. Um, yeah. Because you know, there was a few people around and the car was, you know, 
running pretty well. So, you yeah. know, that, that like you a, said, the stars aligned and everything worked out. Right. So, and it was a good test and tune day. So, you guys put down some ridiculously fast times out there. Yeah. I, I, I remember them stating that in the time that they had been holding events there, the NQS group that, that holds the events that we race at, you guys have the fastest time that they've seen. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty so, cool. Cool. I think you were minute 10, minute Something like 12. That. Sounds right. I don't know. I'd have to. You know, so at Marshalltown, you're pretty quick if you can get out of the minute 20 mark. If you're in the minute teens, you're you're at the pointy end of, of the spectrum. And the fastest streetcar that's ever been around there was last weekend, and he was a mid-minute 15. Wow. Wow. And so you guys have, have full five seconds on that, which is a huge gap when you're talking that little bit of yeah, time. Yeah, it is it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty short. I mean, I remember we so. pretty crushed. I mean, we kind of crushed it, but I didn't know it was that much. Yeah, it was big. Oh, cool. So, I mean, I, I can't speak for any other events or what like full fledged shifter carts could right. do back when that was an active go kart track. Right. But from the vehicles that we've seen there, you're significantly faster than anything else. Which out is there. which the 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 cart track is how we kind of had a sneaking advantage. Is one of our our other drivers, Alex, <laughs> is a. Uh, like a robot. Yeah, he's a wizard in the car. Yeah, and he'd he'd race there quite a bit, I guess, back when it was a kart track. So, um, and he just he memorizes tracks so much better than me. So, so that so speaking of speed, the engine in that in your car for this year, what is it? It's a YFC four fifty. Which is out of like a uh, yeah, it's a Yamaha YFC four fifty. Come right. it comes out of the the four wheel ATV. So, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have a choice of engines, right? You don't have to choose that particular engine. Right. We is have that, a choice of engines under 610 cc's. Okay. And so. four cycle. Is that yeah. the one that you used last year? We have used it since, not the exact same model, but we've used the Yamaha 450 since 2007. Something like that. Uh, but you guys have a restrictor plate that you yes. have for a certain size that everybody's spec Everyone run. runs through restrictor. It's a different size per different fuels. Yeah. Um, oh, geez. It's, trying to remember, I should know these, but it's like it's like 19 college. millimeters for gasoline. No, it's 18 millimeters for gasoline and 19 for ethanol. So, it's actually bigger for ethanol. Yeah, that's mildly yeah. surprising, I guess, to me. Hmm. But um, so then, larger displacement really doesn't gain you much once you reach a certain point. I would imagine it's diminishing returns. Well, exactly. Yeah, some like some of the big uh, four cylinder. They some a lot of uh, street bike engines they reach like the maximum velocity they can through the restrictor. And so. then after that, you're just adding weight to the car at that point. Would yeah. Right? You might have, you know, some more power and you might be able to go faster, but for the purposes of our competition, like, you know, you're, you're adding weight, which might, depending on how good the team is with altering their setup, you know, that's going to slow right. them down in the corners. So, and I mean, uh, recently, I mean, it's not really recently, but, well, I mean, we can run turbochargers or whatever. Really? So, yeah. Oh, my God. Which, that would be quite the ride. Before, great, before yeah. anyone gets a huge boner out there, there is a lot of that goes involved, that is involved with getting a turbocharged engine running, especially one that wasn't factory. Um, We're painfully aware of that. Right. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are aware of that. So, and then throw a restrictor on it, and then all you tuning guys can just spin your heads around that because it's not how it works. What yeah. runs the motor in your car? Which as one? As far as the ECU. It's a PE3, Performance Electronics. 
I it's, don't know it's about a, that one. Aftermarket ECU. Not anything I've ever heard of either. Are they like? I suppose they're probably just a it's small a, engine. Probably a high end. Uh, it is a very. Race. It's actually a full sized car yeah. ECU. Really. It is not a street ECU. It's not a piggyback ECU. It is an ECU. So full full standalone. Yes, full standalone. That's what I was looking for. Who tunes that for you? We do. Yeah. You guys have to tune it. We tune it. Are you allowed to take it to a dyno? Yes. Yes, we are. We, uh, we <laughs> when we do take it to a dyno, we take it to Van Wall uh, in Perry. Is it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So. So and we take it to their rolling dyno. However, I don't know. We only fit half of our wheels on it because of the. <laughs> we're, we're track too, with. Yeah, we're too small for a full-size car dyno and too big for a quad dyno. So we just kind of shoehorn our way onto a quad dyno. Yep. Okay. So so talk a little bit more about the the business aspect of it because you kind of touched on that a little bit before. Are you guys supposed to, I mean, does selling the car do you any benefit or what does that look like? So the competition is you're supposed to design a car and everything's based off, I think, 1,500 units. Uh, yeah. Is that what it is? You have to submit like a business plan and of how many units you're going to sell and for how much money. So you kind of want the, uh, I don't, you kind of want to, I don't know how to phrase this exactly, but you almost need to like really consider like, all right, you know, this competition is for a weekend autocrosser. We need to, you know, act like we're proposing our car to some, you know, potential investors and then go ahead and market it as, all right, we're going to sell this much for X amount of time. You know, this is the return you're going to get on investment. And then, uh, but that's more the competition side of it. The actual like running everything side of it is, you know, raise as much money as we can. <laughs> right. Cause you guys really rely on <coughs> donations and yeah. I mean, Companies can donate money. They can donate material. It all depends on what you guys need. All the above. Yes. You guys can use any of that stuff. I mean, because when we were in there, you had you had a lot of um, was that carbon fiber prepreg or what was it that you guys had gotten for your uh, spoilers? We had Uh, on what was on the car that you folks saw was it was dry carbon that we had to use. Uh, We have some carbon fiber prepreg. It's not the easiest for us to use because of the facilities that we have, Um, but. Yeah, I mean, you so have to get all that stuff donated. Forgive my ignorance, but what's the major difference between dry carbon and prepreg? Do you know? You go, you're the carbon expert. Oh yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> we love carbon fiber here, so uh, but we don't know what that was. So I guess the most basic difference is dry carbon is just the carbon weave, and then when you're doing the layup process, you put it on the mold, and then you put the resin on top of it, the mixed resin and hardener on top of it, and you kind of mix it in. Um, and that vacuum, you put it in a vacuum bag at room temperature or whatever, what have you, and then it cures. Uh, prepreg is pre-impregnated carbon, that, so it already has what's supposed to be like the perfect amount of resin in it. So you keep it in a freezer so the resin doesn't cure on you, and then when you're ready, you lay out all the layers, and then you would have to bake it in an autoclave which essentially you pull vacuum on it and the autoclave pressurizes it and heats it up so that way you get exactly what you were looking for. Well, those are 
crazy spendy, aren't they? The autoclaves, if you want to get one yes. that's worth yeah. a size that's worth using. If it means anything, we have to go to Minneapolis to use one. Yeah, we were just up at Delta Airlines and they've got some <laughs> they've got some huge <laughs> We huge just stopped in at Delta. Hey, can we use your autoclave? Sure. Pretty sure. Much. Come on. That's in. kinda how it worked. Those those guys were pretty pretty nice. Those guys were sponsors then? Or was uh, it just a connection? Yeah, well, Both? the uh, nice. <laughs> the, yeah, the solar car team has used them in the past, so we kind of used their contact, and the guy was super willing to help us out. Um, unfortunately, things didn't go according to plan, but even though they didn't, they were more than willing to help us try to rectify the situation and keep going. So, so yeah, they're going to be a pretty big sponsor this year. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so we talked about the money aspect of it from a donation standpoint, but do you guys? I mean, you guys get some funding from the university, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, so sure. we've yeah we've got we've got the government of the student body which kind of has to give money to like every single club that's sure. kind of why we're like shake our fist at like the larping club because it's like, <laughs> like they they have to give them you, money you took 16 dollars away from us this year. Right. yeah so i mean i'm sure i'm sure it's super fun but like come on like you know we have to build a race car and you know they're flailing foam swords at each other so uh so the government and student body gives us they used to give us a little bit more money but they kind of dialed it back so what they give us is they give us half the amount for traveling fees for everybody so for all the clubs you pretty much put in your mileage and how much it's going to cost you and then they, mm -hmm. they'll give you half of that um, there are things that you can put in for like safety equipment, like you know, fire suits and helmets. Obviously you can't drive without them. So, um, uh, but then the ISU foundation actually for SA international as a whole, uh, will match up to 10 grand of the money that we all raise. So I suppose we have to split it within, you know, all four of our teams. Whereas like if, if you were just, if you're just on the solar car, you get all 10 grand of what you raised. So we're trying to hopefully get more money out of that. However, yeah, that's that's about all we get from the university. So then do you guys do like your Froyo tip night type thing or sell cookies? Uh, we sell pizza. Yeah. I think okay. on Tuesdays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I bought lots of that pizza. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we what's, get, what's we get, the deal with what's that? that? They show up and they set up tables and then they have, they have Papa John's come in. Show up Jeff's. where? Is it Jeff's or Papa it's John's? It's Papa John's. Yeah. Papa John's comes in and then you walk up and you're like, here's my $5 and you get two pieces of pizza and a pop. Yep. Yeah. So, so every for those Tuesday, who don't know, I Robbie is a mechanical engineering Iowa State alum. Mm -hmm. He graduated two years ago. So yeah, 2014. He went to school for seven years. Lots of people go to school for yeah, seven years. Not, not a doctor. They're engineers they're and doctors, mechanics. Shut up. It's whatever. <laughs> yeah, Robbie is both an engineer and a mechanic. Yep. I've, I, Are I've you ASC certified? Today. No, I didn't take the test. I, didn't I went either. to Iowa State instead. Could you have taken the test? Yeah. Well, they, they tell you to go work for two years before you take the test. Yeah. Did you work, though? No, no, I did. Oh, I, did so I did an internship and then I went straight to Iowa oh, State. Oh, you weren't eligible then to take the. Test. No, where are oh, you? Okay. Where are you from? Uh, Hall, Iowa. Oh, okay. We had uh, so like when you guys have like Den Hartog and Kaiser and all of those Northwest Iowa. That's right. Robbie and I's home turf. Ah, uh, okay. My okay. aunt used to work for Den Hartogs. They do the injection plastic molding for those of you who don't know, which is probably all of you who are listening. <laughs> uh, and Kaiser makes wheels. They, I think they well, do mostly sprint cars, sprint wheels, cars and like circle, circle track, track stuff. Wheels, yep. Yep. They're up there in, in, you know, just 10, 15 minutes from our hometowns. So we were just, uh, I mean, just, not just, but we went up there last year to visit. Yeah. We, we toured up in orange city, um, Quattro composites and also Kaiser wheels. So oh, 
Nice. They were like right down the road from each other, so it was pretty easy. <laughs> Figured, you know, go talk, yep. see what, see how they do stuff, show some appreciation. For Absolutely, Kaiser's quite the place. It's, it's yes, <laughs> it's a wonderful. It's very old school. It is, is very old it school. Is. It is a. It's it, wonderfully old school. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's yeah. it's it's fun to see how. Like I don't know that you'd want to do that day in and day out, but it's interesting to see that they can take what they start with and turn it into what they end with with such rudimentary and basic systems. Yeah, so, it's like two dudes and a hammer there, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's more of a blacksmith shop rather than a yeah, manufacturing facility? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty accurate way of describing it. It's quite a place. Yeah. Did, did they make your wheels on the car for this year? Yes. Yeah. We've okay. had Kaiser wheels for quite some time. They're mm-hmm. about the only ones that make the wheel size we have. So, I mean, if anyone wants to ante up and make us some other wheels, I would take them. Teams are definitely switching uh, to laying up their own carbon fiber wheels, um, fancy. which is right. yeah, which is wow. fancy. Yeah, it is, uh, and a lot of work. Yes, but it, sounds- it is a lot of work because you know to get those right, there's there's a lot of you know design involved. Unless you just you know pile on the carbon fiber, but like if you want to do it right, you need to right. know your orientation of your weaves, and you need to know how you know how to do it right. To make so what, sure your wheel. What size seats. are those wheels? They are ten by sevens. They are ten inch wheel and seven inches wide this year. Are you, then you're okay. you're not staggered. You're square all the way around. Um, <laughs> this year we are. For, I guess are you talking about wheel? Are you talking about wheel width or track widths? Wheel, wheel width. Wheel width. Oh, wheel widths. We we are. Yeah, we are the same all the way around. That's a spec tire, I imagine. Uh, no, we it's not. Who we makes can that? run? I think any actual tire. Yeah. Let's kind of take a step back because sure. like, sure. we haven't really talked about like. You go in and you're like, okay, build the race car. Right. What are your parameters? Like, or like, can you, you know, we've talked about the engine. Yeah, how like, specced yeah. out is it? There's, um, I think, uh, the easy way to describe it is there's an overall gist of the shape the car will end up being through do, all the rules. Uh, I've seen multiple FSAE cars, and yep. a lot of them look very like the body itself. They're gonna is quite similar. Yeah, through the rules, it's gonna look pretty similar. There's, um, yeah, there are certain parameters that make everything look. The exact same. Like um, the roll hoop placements, the track widths are within a window, um, wheelbase is within a window. The uh, aerodynamics every year have to be within, you know. So kind of like SCCA rules where you have a square footage you can have your wing be. Yeah. Yeah. They give you like a box almost that you have to fit everything in with within like your 3D space. So, uh, yeah, there's that. But then, I mean, overall, it's pretty open. Like, I guess from a rules basis, but like from our basis, we pretty much try to build off of the previous generation's car. Um, it's so much better to evolve your design than it is, you know, to scrap something and rebuild just because, you know, yeah. like and you the, might, you might succeed, but then again, like, you know, like higher chance of failure. Yeah. And the thing is, did you gain anything from it? Right? Yeah. You might, so you might know what's going wasted, on, but then if you just scrapped it and tried to start over, there'd be yeah. a ton yeah. of extra time involved. And yeah. And, and as soon as anyone gets involved, you'll learn very quickly after a year that there is not enough time to build a car in a year as it is. We know that all too. Right. Well. Yes. And no, then none of us have ever had right. a week before our first race day and a ready to run right. car. That's not been a thing for us ever. Right. And we're supposed to be students first. Yeah. So <laughs> we're supposed to do that you, you first. Just, yeah, it doesn't work that way. And then what you learn is you don't sleep a lot very quickly. and Or you forego some homework, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I don't approve of, by the way. 
Yeah. Student first. Yeah, not naughty. Student naughty first. Yes, I would. Yeah. I would. Always. I would never skip any of my homework to do yeah. any or any of your classes. For that or yeah, any of classes. Yeah. All <laughs> I, classes are important. Yes, every I went one to, of them. I went to every single one of them. I did every single one of my homeworks instead of doing yeah. race cars. I stuff. did extra work actually for all my classes. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. 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 Proud of you guys. And <laughs> I assume you're both graduating magna, right? Suma, <laughs> whatever. Uh, no, I already, I just graduated, so. Yeah, but I'm, definitely, uh, GPA took a hit after, <laughs> yes, after I'm, accepting like leadership position for this. Yeah, I so. That. so then, are you, if you had the time, you would be fully capable of maybe totally innovating to the point where next year they're going to make a rule because you did something illegal. We uh, are not that far on. We're not that radical in this car. Okay. Um, we're focusing on trying to get a car to finish reliably. Which is, uh, I would like to, if I had to rate that, it'd be 90% of building this car. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have, uh, and we'll probably get into it eventually, but the endurance is part of a competition. Yes, to go. The endurance event is 300 out of 1,000 points. Yeah. And then you have a fuel efficiency event, which is coupled with the endurance event, which is another 100 points. So 400 out of your 1,000 points is endurance. And if, I'm sure Chris was about to say this, but if something breaks on your car or falls off or you no longer meet the rules at any point during endurance, they'll black flag you and you're done. You can't, you can't come off and fix it and go back on. It's not that kind of endurance. It's you're done. Define endurance. How long is endurance for these cars? 22 kilometers with a driver change. How many miles is that for us? Uh, 13, about 700, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Just short of, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, ends up being uh, 13 something yes thir- around 13 so it's usually how they usually space everything out is 7-8 laps per driver something like that and then, which if anyone wants to do a math that's a big lap yeah <laughs> so my limited experience in, in seeing Formula SAE cars is I don't know that so I've seen the SDSU car in Sioux Falls a few times and they've never finished a day now granted they're trying to shove four to five drivers through that car. Right. But they're try- they've never finished a day because they've always broken something. And so I would imagine that 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 reliability is it's is hard. Really hard to achieve. Yeah. It's it's hard especially with uh master mechanics building it and limited testing time. Yeah. 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 The l- testing time um or if no anyone on my team's time? listening, what I always tell you is testing time is crucial. If you guys think I'm lying, but we never, I mean, all the stuff that we've had break, we could, I mean, let me say most, we could found out if we tested before. There's no such thing as too much testing. Right. Right. So, yeah, we'll find out. I mean, the day, even the day we were at the autocross at Marshalltown, we had, um, we drug the side pods, ripped those apart. Uh, we had a few. We were making too much downforce. Yeah, we actually were. I think, I think two years ago it was there. And, yes. Um, you guys are like trying to fix a throttle cable issue. I yes. remember seeing something that, with that. car you, you guys saw was CR 18 and that would be the, um, I don't even know how you want to say it. Um, the monkey and we evolved to CR 20. Yeah. That we're at now. That was the, f- that was a completely radical redesign of a package for Iowa state. So that was the first edition of that car. You guys saw things kind of went South before that. So yes. they tried to revert back to what was working well with CR18. Yeah. Um, and then since then, we've been evolving the cars to get so, better so and better. So then during the summer, do you guys have people that are tinkering on on last year's model the whole summer to we could basically that, plan for the next year? That's the idea of whether yeah. or not that happens is up to debate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, that's the idea. So we try to, I mean, ideally in a perfect world, we'd be able to, to do competition, um, break everything as usual, and then come back and be able to redesign stuff and put it on the old car. And then you could go, you know, hey, this worked, this didn't work, or this sucked even worse than it did last time. But I mean, granted, it seems everyone. to come down to yeah, people have work or you know, it's it's a long year of designing and building the car. So right. sometimes it's either work or people just need to take a break. Right. Then a lot of people have internships. I'm sure this yep. summer people yeah. just get pulled away. Yep. So you talked about the competition. Um, 400 points of that are endurance and f- and fuel economy. What's the rest of the 600 points? <laughs> I don't know the exact breakdown, but we've got uh, for the driving portion, which is they they call the dynamics portion, their dynamics events. Um, you've got an acceleration run, uh, you've, which is just seventy five meters, you know, quick as you can. It ends up being oh, everybody gets around you know sixty miles an hour, so it's pretty close to your zero to sixty time. Uh, you have a skid pad, which is kind of a figure eight. You do two right hand turns and then you do two left hand turns and then you're out to test you know your cornering ability and then uh then you have an autocross event which is just point to point you know like a standard scca autocross but that placing is what places you in endurance your running order in endurance Hmm. um so you've got those dynamic events that make up i don't know total how many points but then you also have static events which are your marketing presentation which we kind of covered a little bit um, you have to pretty much present to your potential investors and, you know, market your car. Uh, you have the cost event, which you pretty much have to make a bill of materials and a receipt for every single part on your car. Uh, they standardize it because it is an international competition. So they standardize it to everything has its cost. Every process has its cost. Um, so yeah, you're caught, you're, I guess, scored by how cheap your car is and then how accurate your report is. And then how well you can answer some real-time questions of how to make things cheaper. And then you have your design event, which is you you make a design report at early in the year and you submit it like February or April or something like that. And then I, so you have your design judging all you get professionals from the industry come around and question your car and see, you know, why you made these choices, like whether or not they were the best choices, you have to justify them. So you have to make sure you have reasoning behind, you know, what, what you're doing on your car. So you have to do that at every competition. So if you guys did five competitions, you'd have to do that five times. Yep. Every single time. So you're basically doing a senior design project every year. More than. Really? Yeah. Do you use it as? We. No, you you cannot use it in lieu of. Really? You're not allowed to use that as your senior design project? You're required to take that class. Yeah. We, um, we can, you can dedicate your own project to it. So for example, in the past, some guys have done like engine improvement. Um, so they they did all the research on, you know, what if we, how do we optimize our intake design and our exhaust design and the internals we, you know, if we run high compression or if we run different cams or, you know, such and such injector placement. Um, uh, some other guys did a, a scaled carbon fiber monocoque versus, cause we run a steel tube space frame but you could run a carbon fiber tub. Essentially it gives you, it's lighter and stiffer. Um, obviously there's a lot of work involved in that. So they chose to do that. It was more of an independent study, I think. But, and then for example, yeah, me last semester, uh, I worked with a couple guys, one guy who was on the formula team another guy was on the Baja team. And then just a couple other guys that wanted to help out. We did a drag reduction system for the car to open and close the flaps of our wings. 
So then were you able to actually bring that to like the uh, aerospace building? I can't think of what it's called right now and then use their wind tunnel? Uh, no. Dang. That'd have been awesome. Yeah. We, it's usually booked up with research, yeah, unfortunately. Sure. And I think it's actually hard to get our car in the <clears> wind tunnel. You could fit the whole car in the upstairs one, I think, but it's like, even then it's not really an accurate representation because like you're so close to the walls that, you know, it's not going to give you like your flow. So you'd probably have to make a model, a scale model. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand. Like you've got like all these wild, crazy time attack cars that have these insane downforce packages. Most of those cars were built as half scale models and put in much smaller wind tunnels for testing purposes. The, the availability of a full-sized wind tunnel is very, very small. Especially and, with a rolling road, which is what you uh, want. Yeah. Like if you were running in like an under tray or something to get your ground effects of your front wing and your under tray um, and diffuser, you want, you know, to have the road moving underneath you because that's essentially how they work. So like to get all that done, you need to be like, you know, F1 or Indy car. You have to level. be at an OEM level. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. OEM level. And yeah. you need to be in Detroit where you can go over to Ford and be like, hey, can yeah. you borrow this for an hour? Yeah, and if you have, <laughs> if you know anyone that has one, um, it's probably always booked up or there's not a chance to even let you see it. Right. Cool. You guys got any big sponsors this year you want to plug? Who's been who's been good to you? Who's giving you the most stuff? Um, we're all about local here. We've tried to do everything we've purchased so far has tried to be local. All of our Iowa. Yeah. All of our sponsors are are very close to Iowa if they're not all in Iowa yeah. pretty much. Um, like I know we already did kind of a shout out to Delta, even though things didn't work out for us, they were, you know, more than willing to help us try to help fix the situation. Um, granted we, we left without, you know, having our completed parts, but that was, you know, not because of lack of effort on their part. Um, we also, for the past couple of years, master tool and manufacturing, uh, they've done, a great job with us machining a lot of our parts. They machined our uprights for the past couple of years, and that's you know thousands of dollars worth of machining. Now, when you God, when you send them a design, idea. do they come back and go back and forth with you, or do they just blindly make it? There's a there's a little bit of back and forth. Okay. Yeah, we well, try to awesome. make things as easy as possible to manufacture. Right. So, uh, if you in an ideal world, in an ideal design world, you'd probably have your front uprights different than your rear uprights, but you know, like just mirrored each other. But what we did was we were able to get it such that our front left upright was the same as our rear right upright. So we only had to make two of each part. So it was pretty much two different designs times two versus, right. versus having four different parts. Right. So we try to do things like that. And then, you know, make sure that things are also machinable for people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would think that goes a long ways in, in your design and, and business thing when you, when you make it so that the manufacturing is simpler and therefore cheaper. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, there's not a lot. There's a few things we do. It's a little quirky to, compared to other teams. Like we run uh, completely machined control arms purely because it's really easy to do. Yeah. Um, and you said they're not cheap. They're not cheap. They are cheap to us. They look Thank great. You, Master Tool. Yeah. The yeah, whole thing's Master Tool last yeah. year. Um, yeah, we focused. Al Mako this year, they did those yes. for us. Oh, nice. Yeah, so thank you guys for doing that for us. Um, they are not cheap if I were to pay for them, but right. they are, if you count labor hours, they're far cheaper than doing um, either carbon tubes or steel tubes. Oh, sure. From 
both of them jigging. That is just a ton of time in jigging and welding. Purchasing the carbon tubes is, you know, kind of a, a big thing. And then you have to, to make the ends form, you'd probably do them out of aluminum and then bond the carbon tubes inside of it. But to make those, you need to make such convoluted aluminum parts to an effort to get your, you know, aluminum tube or your carbon fiber tubes coming in at the right angles. And then also being able to put a spherical, you know, bearing in there for your upright. Um, and then doing them out of welded steel, you know, it's just, it's a lot of jigging and, and labor, whereas we can just crank out, you know, machined aluminum. Control yeah, we, arms. we essentially send a nested part or nested assembly to Elmeco, whoever is going to make them. They send us back finished parts. Then, I mean, we finish them, whether we paint them, polish them or whatever. Um, they end up being around the same weight and, you know, but that's just because you need to make sure that you don't have and too much compliance with the aluminum because aluminum's not going to be nearly as stiff as steel or carbon fiber, you know, if it's in the right orientation. Uh, so, you know, we, they end up being the same amount of weight, but it's way easier for us to manufacture. Right. Chris, Mike, appreciate you guys coming in. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Is anybody yeah. you want to shout out? Anybody on your team you want to publicly shame or you want to make fun of any other teams? Or Here's your opportunity. You want to ruin our chances to talk to the other teams? I've here's got your a, chance. I've got a lot. <laughs> I don't know if any of it's appropriate at this point. Yeah, let me pull out my list. <laughs> yeah. Lunar, um, lunar space bots or whatever. Lunar mining. They, there they it's seem, uh, space mining. Really, they really use really cyclone space guys. mining now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the Wi-Fi, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I always got to remind them. Thank you. They're the only, there's no uh, building Wi-Fi out there, but that's another story yeah. for another day. <laughs> thanks again guys really appreciate it uh, thank you um, I think now we're going to cut over and we will do the news we'll do the news Robbie what do we got for news oh man uh, first off we have the new Gran Turismo sport game can help you earn your FIA competition license and uh, for those that don't know uh, Gran Turismo sport is the newest Gran Turismo game coming out for PlayStation 4 next November um, and they're teaming with FIA so you can do I don't know not missions, but you know what I mean? Like lessons and stuff. You can practice driving, do events and actually earn a, what they call an FIA Gran Turismo digital license. And then it actually transitions into like more of a, a way to get your competition license in real life. So they actually like look at the way you, you race when you're playing online, like, you know, making sure you're not doing dirt. You're not using people as guardrails yeah, and braking. Yeah. From what I've understood here, they start with by doing like your typical Grand Turismo lessons, like you basics of braking, driving, racing, you know, whatever. And then they transition to more of like racing etiquette. So like how to drive and not be an asshole. And then they actually do like live events. So like you actually have to be racing with people online to have it count. That's the way I understand well, it. I would assume. I would, I would imagine. It's kind of confusing because I'm not sure. I don't think that they've really worked out what that's going to mean. I think they've just like so, this is our idea. Gran like, Turismo oh, does this. They 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 talk up all these cool features they're going to have on their next game, and then they release they soft release the game, and it's missing like 95 percent of the features that everybody wanted, and it's basically just the last game slightly remastered, and then they slowly release the other things that you wanted, but only about 50% of them. Because I looked up what it takes to get your FIA license through the SECA, and I don't understand how any of anything that you did on Gran Turismo would actually help you get your FIA, FIA license, because you have to have a current SECA membership, which that makes sense. Um, 
must hold a senior grade license. So a national license, a pro license, a vintage or regional license. Not 100% sure what that means. I think that um, there's varying degrees of SCCA club licensing. So you need to have that. And then you need to have completed five national events in the last 12 months. And then you need a medical exam. I would assume that the medical exam is still going to be required. But this maybe can take place of the five events or something like that, maybe? But it's it's really hard. I mean, how could you how could you say that racing, even live, in a video game, is going to be anywhere near what the experience is going to be of racing in a national-level SECA event? I think the only reason they actually think that this might work is because with the uh, Grand Tris- or GT Academy that they did, where they would have people race online and the winners would actually race real cars, it actually has turned into some professional careers. Yeah, there's so, there's been some really good drivers that have come out of that GT Academy program. So I mean, there might be a little bit to it. I mean, obviously, it's not apples to apples comparison when you do simulated real life. But I'd say if, I, I'd say this this could give you a leg up and you actually get going. But I don't think this could ever be the true license. So the history I've known on most of the uh, relatively successful uh, GT Academy guys like uh, Lucas Ordinez and uh, O'Gorman and stuff like that is that they have always been doing racing, whether it was go-karting or autocross or whatever. They grew up racing, and GT Academy was their break. Oh, so they didn't get... They weren't purely online yeah, they, virtual they aren't, racers. They aren't virgin nerds in their mom's basement on their simulator. These guys were, were people who actually do race, but got their big break by doing well on the GT Academy. Yeah, I think that makes more sense. And I think that's probably what they're trying to target with this too, is giving people who maybe are good drivers but don't have the funds to chase after a professional career, maybe give them the opportunity for their big break. Yeah, and I, I'm in no way opposed to that. I think I think it's a great idea. I just don't – I think it's kind of – half cocked i don't think they've quite worked out how they're actually going to do this it's like hey look at this this is cool but they're going to actually have to implement it and figure out how it's going to fit in with the current fia rules for getting your license i hope it does come out because if it's if it's like the uh, track editor like they had for grand Turismo 6 that made everybody excited to buy it like oh we can make our own tracks we can simulate all our favorite ones like rpm or even for i, I was I'm really excited. still mad about the, the was, fact that the gps thing never came out yep they, they have an app for it but it doesn't doesn't work doesn't work yeah what it was supposed to be was you were supposed to be able to take a GPS map and make a course on Gran Turismo. So you could, I mean, I don't know how good it would, like, it probably wouldn't do real good with elevation changes, you know, and, and if there's like a real shitty spot in the road that you just know, and that's obviously not going to get recreated, but at least you can get the general feel of things. But it never came to fruition. And that was 95% of the reason that I bought that game was because they talked about it in the pre-release. They said it's not going to be on the game when it comes out, but we are going to release it. And it never came. Were they going to do GPS uh, coordinates with your phone? I don't know how it was supposed to work. Yeah, like it doesn't work with it. Like my, my Samsung wouldn't do it. I needed like an, I don't know if I needed like a droid or not a droid, uh, an iPhone or something or like a tablet. I don't know. It, there was some sort of stipulation that all of the devices I owned, none of them would let it do it. And I couldn't sync it to my PlayStation. It was, I, I tried it once and it just didn't work. There was also a mode on that where uh, you could 
take your real car out on the real track that exists in the right. game as well, and you could use something to data log, and then you could take that information and put it on the game, and you can race yourself, and you could try and you know find where you weren't it, where you didn't, or where you didn't drive to the full capability of that car while you're playing on the game, and then apply that to real world. And then it turned out that it, it only that functionality only worked in a special edition of the GT86, and that special edition only came in Japan. That's helpful. <laughs> Thanks. So anyway, we shall see if uh, Gran Turismo can actually pull that off, but uh, I have my doubts. And if they do pull it off, it'll probably be something very minor, like, you know, it counts for... I don't know, some regional license points or something that you need to eventually get the FIA license, but we shall see. I'm probably going to end up buying an Xbox One and Forza, so whatever. Trader. Yep. What's up next? Moving on. Um, uh, Motorcycle deaths are up 10% from last year. Um, They're estimating that 5,000 people have died in 2015, and that makes it 26 times more likely to die on a motorcycle, or makes it Makes you 26 more times likely to die on a motorcycle than in a car if you're on the highway. The, the people that run these agencies that come up with these statistics are complete fucking morons. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I was like, so, okay, so I will read a couple of things I have here. Richard Redding from the Governor's Highway Safety Administration thinks that these additional deaths that happened last year were compounded by factors such as alcohol and drug use, increased speed limits, and repeal of state helmet laws uh, and a record of number of vehicles on the road. What increased speed limit? Uh, he didn't reference what increased. I only speed know limit. of one increased speed li- or two in the entire country. Yeah, they bumped them like five miles an hour. Yeah, BFD. Okay, so that one's out. What about uh, alcohol and drug use? How has that changed? Uh, yeah, if anything, that's probably coming down. Okay, so that one's out. Not um, that I have any statistics to back that no, up, no, we but don't. I would think. Repeal know, of not. state helmet laws, which I don't, I didn't that see a, that that was true. Is that a thing? I I thought everyone was going to or, towards mandatory. Yeah, I would laws. have said it would go the other direction as well. Well, in this nanny state that we tend to live in, I would think that if anything, they're going to add helmet laws. I would probably agree with that. I didn't see any particular states that he referenced that had uh, repealed helmet laws, so we can throw that out and uh, record number of vehicles on the road. I would. That's probably that makes true. That, that one's also probably, a record number of people living here. So that one's probably true. But he did not reference distracted driving. That should that should be number one. Like how many of these motorcycles have been run over by? Yeah, people I would texting? like. I would like to know how many of those accidents were not the fault of the motorcyclist. Probably a lot. I'll bet you there's a larger percentage of motorcycle deaths that are not their fault than there are motorcycle deaths that are. I would agree with that because when you are when you're on a motorcycle, that's all you're doing. But people in cars, I I mean, you drive down the highway, they're texting, they're looking at shit, they're they're messing with their radio, they're eating, eating, they're 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 beating never, their kids in the back seat. Right, they're never I mean, they're fucking not paying, paying, attention to paying any attention. <laughs> Whoa, well, I got real. I'm sorry, I was talking about your child. I've never beat my child. <laughs> what are you getting at? So Robbie? accusatory. <laughs> Great. Now human That's services yep, is yep. going to be calling us. And does he really beat his kids? When's the last time you saw his kid? I don't want to have to answer any of those questions, Robbie. <laughs> Thank you. 
God damn it. I'm sorry. So continue the uh, role of complete fucking morons that run uh, our government. Jonathan Adkins, uh, executive director of the Highway Safety Association, uh, whether that's government run or it, it doesn't really matter. That sounds fake. Really? <laughs> it does sound safe. Uh, said that the state and national data illustrates that motorcyclists are far more likely to be killed or injured in a crash than people in a motor vehicle. You know what? Thanks, Jonathan. That's for pointing that out. <laughs> I, I didn't. Need, I never would have guessed that. I didn't that. need stats to tell me that. Not at all. That's. I mean, that's kind of the risk you take when you get on a motorcycle. Right. It just is what it is. Like, isn't that the whole appeal of a motorcycle? Like, you, you could die. Isn't that kind of the cool part? I don't know that. I don't know that that's the appeal. Well, like you, I think the appeal is that every, you're one with the. Well, no, don't give me that Zen shit. <laughs> like anytime someone hops on a motorcycle, they think they're all Joe Cool, badass with their leather. Like, oh fuck yeah, I'm on a Harley. Like, don't they feel badass and like I don't, I'm dangerous? Well, Harley people, maybe yeah. I don't want. I'm, to go well, dang- I'm dangerous. I think crotch rocket people even more so because they're like, I'm gonna go 180. They just look like fucking Power Rangers. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, go on like, the Harley road because I'm not a fan. No. It will probably insult some people that'll beat me up or something. See, because they're all badasses. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, my point is, um, I don't know how we're going to fix this because uh, we're surrounded by idiots that uh, don't I, really I, have a I solution. You know what? I don't want to fix it. This is survival of the fittest. This is Darwinism. Just let it happen. I guess I was shocked at how few states have mandatory helmet laws. I think I, think, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I did on another article. I think it's only like 20 or something. Yeah. Like actual mandatory have to wear a helmet. I thought it was more than that. But like. You don't have to in Iowa. No, I know you don't. I was, I just thought there was more. I, I think you should. My favorite story that a guy at work used to tell me was like, there was a advocate for, uh, they didn't want helmets or whatever. And they had the, a parade to go against helmet laws. And the guy fell on his motorcycle and hit his head on the ground. And he died at parade speeds. <laughs> Thus ruining the whole point of what he was doing. Uh, you say that with a little too much excitement. Because it's funny as a shit. big smile on your face. But Wear a I, fucking I'm helmet. with you. I'm with you 100%. I saw, so we, we were talking about this, and then I saw a meme about a woman wearing a seatbelt and how it should be her right to choose to wear that seatbelt. Because if she wants to be flung out of that car and killed, that that is that is her right. You cannot tell her that she shouldn't that she should have to wear that seatbelt. I won't argue so, with that So, you know... I don't know if you're arguing for or against that. I'm point. not. N- neither. Neither. I'm just. I was slightly making fun of her be- because when you look at that meme, you go, "God, that's so stupid. Why would you not wear your seatbelt?" Exactly. But that would be the argument for helmets too. While it's so stupid, why wouldn't you wear a helmet? But a lot of people don't want to wear a helmet. Right. No, it's the same thing with us skating. We went years without skating, and then I crushed my head against the cement. It's like, oh, I should wear a helmet it's, because it's I'm time stupid. To wear a helmet now. So yeah. the one time that I fell and hit my head real hard, I was luckily at a place that required a helmet. And that probably saved me from some really bad days because I fell a long ways. I don't know. Was that 10 or 12 foot? Probably. Yeah, you had a good Straight fall. to my head. Yep. Bam. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't on tape, though. That was, mine was. Mine was on tape. Yep, Robbie's was on tape. Yeah, I've seen yours. You got pretty shit whipped when you hit the ground. The only thing I was yeah, worried about staples. was getting blood in my TT. <laughs> we went through like a whole roll of toilet paper. Or, uh, toilet paper, paper towels. Paper towels. Didn't you have the paper towel roll stuck to your head? Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Blood Those were the days. Ah, good times. Good times. Maybe we'll post that video. <laughs> so anyway, it's hard for me to tell motorcyclists that they have to wear a helmet, but then if you use the seatbelt argument, I kind of start wavering on that a little bit. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know where to land on. I don't. I don't have. I would opinion. wear my seatbelt if it was not a requirement. 
I would too. But I don't think it should be because I'm tired of them telling me what I have to do. If you want to, if you think being flung from a car is going to be safer, you you be you. Uh, I want. We'll be okay. I without want those you. people not to wear their seatbelt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Show got a little dark. It did a little bit. What's next? Speaking is it happier? Is something happier, Robbie, please. It's not happier. Damn it's, it. it's not. It's damn super it, damn messed it, damn up. It. So Google has patented this uh, oh, God. <laughs> like adhesive, I don't know, sticker thing you put on your vehicle. So when you crash into a pedestrian, they stick to it instead of being flung into more traffic. This was designed by Jonathan Adkins, uh, executive director of the Highway Safety Administration, <laughs> and Richard Redding from the government. This is the stupidest... This is the, No, this is the stupidest fucking thing I've heard today, more so than those two morons. <laughs> oh, oh, this is... Like the, How, this is theoretical physics. He's so like, at a loss for words. He doesn't even know what to say. In theory, if you slam a person's head into this, into the hood of this car and this keep it there glue, and glue it there, trap. <laughs> fly trap. How sticky does it have to be to keep you from well, going yeah. away? Well, so. So there's there's, but then, there's more how to sticky this. does it have to be? But then how, how do, do you, you get remove them off? somebody from it? You, there's there's more to it because according to Google, they're gonna put us. this like shell thing on the outside of it. Like an M M&M. and M. Yeah, so you know, when you wash your car, it's not sticky. Oh, okay. But if somebody if and but when somebody hits it, it breaks and then they stick to the car. But what if you run into a June bug? Is that just permanently part of the front Has of your car now? No, that's not quite enough pressure. I don't know. Have about, you been hit about, with a June bug on a on a bike or anything? Because it's, what happens it's when you rough. Hit a deer. Exactly. You're gonna drag that thing until you stop. You're not oh, gonna throw you're it not away. Leaving. No. But and in what world does having your face stuck to a so you get hit by a car? A car's going no. thirty miles an hour, <laughs> and your face becomes attached to the front of it now, and all that force. And then you get drug half underneath it. All that force has oh, yeah. to go somewhere. It doesn't just disappear once you hit the car. If your face is going to get yeah, torn if, off if of the car. If your belly button up is stuck to the front of the car, that means that from the belly button down is underneath it. Well, not only that, but I That's was, not a good situation I'm just, either. What happens if... Okay, so let's get really gruesome with this episode. <laughs> what happens if you're stuck to the front of the car, and then your foot goes under the wheel? Is it going to rip your leg off, or is it going to rip the whole front of your skin off and it's going to get probably <laughs> probably both people are going to be driving around with cars with people's skin stuck on the front of them can i can i can i make this maybe a little happier you can try if you want to i guess here's here's what i hope this is going for if we don't have to worry so much about pedestrian safety in our car design and we can go back to the good old days because we don't have to worry about it because they're just going to stick to the front of it. And then we can start making things like hood ornaments and giant chrome grills with, with continental kits and bullets on it. It's going to be great. The 59 Cadillac look is going to come back. It's going to come back hard. Yeah, but it's going to have it's going to have a, a pedestrian skin stuck to the front of it, though. You know what would be real bad? You, you know what you really definitely can't have this on? A Mustang. Oh man, you def- maybe that's why they invented this. Because this came out shortly thereafter. It's true. I'm not a physicist, but I would think that if you get hit by a car and you bounce off of it, is that worse than getting hit by a car and then getting stuck to it and getting drug underneath the car and, and all of that nonsense? Well, well it's opposite and equal reaction. I think I'd rather be pushed away from the car than have to absorb the force with my body. Because their their claim was, well, if you if the car hits you and you bounce off of it, then you're going to hit the ground again. 
That's not going to be near the force that you did to hit the car in the first I, place. I would rather get hit a second time than... Because your body would have to absorb the impact then instead of just being pushed the opposite direction. Yeah. yeah. The last thing I want is a dead human being stuck to the hood of my car. <laughs> At least, at least That's, if he rolls if to the get, gutter. So oh, we've been. Maybe to, wait, we'll stop wait. hitting runs. Ah, uh, see, now we're getting positive. Yeah, you can't hit somebody and run away from. They're going to come with you. What happens if you run into another car that's sticky? Are, are you done? <laughs> Is that well? These cars are done. Obviously. Or if you get, or, or if you get sandwiched in the middle, then they both back up. See, now it got gross again. <laughs> well, no, I was. I'm glad that you took it someplace weird. But I was thinking more if you have a if you have two cars. That have the sticky shit on them, and they run into each other. That's you're done. Both those cars are yeah, now right yep. off. So one of the guys I work with, his son was walking between an, uh, two rows of cars at a high school last week, and somebody put their car in drive instead of reverse and pinched him between two cars. Oh, shit! And it ended up not breaking his leg somehow, but it was it's really badly bruised. If these would have both been sticky cars. He would have been stuck in there. He'd have been stuck in there until the fire department got there. And, then and just, I assume they have like giant pry bars and uh, goo gone, like just industrial bottles of goo gone. You're going to have to get a fire truck full of goo gone to try to <laughs> scrape people off of the Close front your of eyes, young man. This is going to hurt. <laughs> I don't think anybody at Google has actually owned a car or seen a car or been See, around that's the a thing. car. One of the Google like founders, he's... A huge car guy. He, he bought an FXXK for his wife. Nice. He's apparently not part of this particular department. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> oh, is the next story happier? Please. Is there less um, skin tearing and I, face smashing in the next story? Arguably. Depends. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alfa Romeo could replace the 4C with a Julia-based coupe by 2020. See, I'm not happy about this. I liked the uh, 4C with the carbon fiber everything. I love the 4C. When did the 4C come out? 2014? Yep. Yeah. That's six years. Explain to me, though. Okay, so I, I'm all about this two-door Julia, essentially. Yep. That's going to be an M4 fighter. I'm all about that. But why would you why would you replace the 4C with that, those those two cars could not fill more different markets if they wanted to. It couldn't be like the Genesis where you have a Julia and then like a Julia Coupe, like a Genesis Genesis exactly. Coupe. Exactly. And you That's continue the on with the four C. So or another version thereof. I don't. I don't care. But it, the people who bought a four C aren't going to buy a two door. They're not going to trade it in on a two door. No, that you're you're chasing after two different markets here. It's very confusing. The the other part, of, so this is part of you know Sergio Marconi, our favorite auto executive. Uh, back in 2014, he said that Alfa Romeo was going to get eight models and was going to do 400,000 cars, move 400,000 cars a year by 2018. But they're knocking out a model. Right. And they were originally going to have two compact cars, so two hot hatchbacks, that were going to be oh, rear-wheel drive. Could you imagine a hot hatchback Alfa Romeo? Rear drive. Oh, my gosh. I like that. They're going to be the best day ever. They're going to do a midsize, which is the Julia now. So that uh-huh. makes sense. We're good right. there. They're going to do a uh, large car, like a Mercedes S-Class. Like an A8 based seven, on a, 7 Series Based fighter. on a, uh, the Maserati. So that um, makes sense. Hopefully it has that same snarling V8. They were going to do a specialty car, quotes, 
which may have been a six series fighter, which might be where this Julia Coop thing is coming from. That's not an M. The M4 and the six series, not the same. True, but it depends on where they place it in the market. If it's a coupe, if it's a larger coupe, it could compete with the M6. I guess. I don't get it, though. Why would you? They're going to do a compact SUV, a large SUV, and I think that was it. And and today, which is whatever day this is, earlier in the week that you're listening this to, they said they were going to do a SUV called the Stelvio, which is based on the Julia, and it may only be available in rear-wheel drive. The Stelvio? Yes. Do you want a rear-wheel drive SUV called the Stelvio? It better I, I, I do want that. Really, really well. It better drift really, really well. Like an Astro van. What? Aren't those rear-wheel drive? Yes. See, same thing. And all-wheel drive. You planning on drifting in an Astro van in the well, near future? What else would you do with an uh, Astro van? I saw a drift-readied Previa on yeah. Craigslist today. Mid-engined, yeah. correct? It had like Previa. A, it had like a two-foot-long flame coming out of the back of it in one of the pictures. Off the exhaust. Why don't pipe. you have a mid-engine? You should buy that. I sent it Previa. to Josh Fettis, and he immediately responded with, "No, why? Straight up, no. Not even a dude. You don't want that. How many? Or, or a, how, I don't know about that. Or how no. many? Just straight up, no. How many monies? Twenty five hundred dollars. What? Yeah, they're giving that away, right? You could have two at that price. It has a three S GTE, which is the same motor that comes in, or maybe it's a five S. I'm not sure, but it's it's the same basic motor that comes in the MR2 and the older Toyota Celicas and stuff like that. And I I literally know four people who are are wild about those motors. And so I mean, tons of parts, parts and tech support are plentiful. It seems like a win-win. To it me. would baby. It would baby. You could drift. We could it's, do. We've already a, said we want to do more drift things. It's so a mid-engined minivan. <laughs> you don't have anything that's mid-engined and you could drive. sell the Focus and buy this and have money left over. It's true. Does it have seats in it anymore? I don't know. I can put. We could, yeah, yeah, we, we could get whatever. seats. Get some seats. Not a big deal. deal. Is it caged? No. Uh, we need to make it safer. We should probably cage it. Actually, on the street, that's arguably not safer. I'll argue. We'll figure it out. Yeah, that's fine. But it's all right. So helmets are for? We already talked about I this. think it'd just be so much fun to have a Previa because they're so <laughs> funky looking. They look like a fucking well, I, egg. I still don't understand why you don't have like the first gen Grand Caravan Turbo. Yeah, because it's basically my Omni. Like it's the same motor, very similar suspension, and you could get them turboed with a five-speed. Did it come with a turbo or did or people just there do turbo There are turbo, turbo five-speed Grand Caravans from the factory with wood panels. What kind of horsepower does a turbo five-speed Grand Caravan make from the factory? Uh, I think that the GLHT made like a hundred and like forty or a hundred and fifty. In a car that's not that heavy, I mean, really, and it's based on that it's that same K car setup. Yeah, I'm sure they're quite a bit heavier than the Omni. But it's it's weird that they decided that they wanted to make a turbo. Minivan. Dodge did a lot of crazy stuff in the 80s. Is this when they were owned? No, this is when they owned uh, Lamborghini. Yeah. yeah so I wonder did. if they were just a little bit, you know, there was, they 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 did, they did didn't have this Italian influence before. And you know, the 80s in, in Italy were, were crazy. I mean, they were making basically cars for drug dealers. So they probably just had tons and tons of cocaine. I don't know that that's really changed. He's got a point. I don't know. There's a lot of people, in, it's oil people now. Rappers. 
rappers and oil people. I suppose that's not as point. interesting as like yeah, Miami in the eighties. Yeah, it's not quite the the cocaine dealing. You show me the difference between a cocaine dealer and a rapper. Well, uh, one's a dealer, one's a customer. Fair enough. The de- <laughs> dealer's probably smarter. That's <laughs> true. Um, I think that's it for news. Yeah, I don't have anything else. What did we have some events coming up? Don't we, Adam? Uh, well, I, there's this little one called I think it's like Grid Life or Grid. It's small. It's grid not a big day deal. or some, I don't remember for sure. We've only been talking small. about it for three months. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming up on the ninth. Is that the ninth, tenth, and eleventh? Friday, ninth, okay. tenth, and eleventh. Okay. So we will be there, and we are. And it's the twelfth. Apparently. Uh, racing does still happen on the 12th. Yeah, so we'll That's leave the 9th. We'll be going, come back the 12th. So we don't know what we're doing for coverage for that, so don't ask. We'll figure it's it out. It's going to be great, though. You'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get there. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's going to be amazing. I would like to do... Keep an eye out for on the Facebook, because I, th- I think I might try out live while we're That's there. what I was about to say. I'd like to try live streaming. I'd like to put that out there so that we can yeah, fail gonna, at it later. There's going to be some drifting. There's probably going to be me like walking through the time attack grid with my phone just like held low so Adam Jabay doesn't see it and yell at me. Mr. Adam <laughs> Jabay said that uh, I could ride in a drift car because we were talking yeah. about how we yeah. have been talking about that for a long time. We want time. to do drift things. And he, so he sent me a message like, hey, dude, I'm the motorsport director. Let's do this. So I was like, sweet. My, All right, my we'll bring personal our goal is to talk to Ryan Turek like with microphones. Tell me about Ryan Turk. Ryan Turk's a professional, like Formula D drifter, and okay. he's huge. And I'll bet he's got like a bedillion Instagram followers. A bedillion's a number for it's sure. It's a big one. It's a big number. <laughs> it's two big ones combined. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I want to talk to the guy. He seems really cool. He's I still want to turbo FRS. I still want to talk to Matt Farah. Yeah, we'll talk to Matt for Farah. sure. They just finally announced today that he was going to be there, which I thought was a little weird. You think Are you still planning on punching him? Nah, I don't think I'll punch Matt Fair in the face. <laughs> I, I do think I do think that'll get us uh, a lot of notoriety. Not, backstory. not what we want. Backstory. I don't Michael think- <laughs> Michael gets really fighty when he's drunk, and there's a zero percent chance that he won't be drunk at Grid Life at some point. Well, when you go to EDM concerts and you don't do drugs, you, you have, to, have, to, have, to, have to drink. Yeah, yeah, so it's one or the other. So anyway, there was at some point something escalated to the point where yeah, you should punch somebody famous in the face yeah, so that it, they'll share in our, us. You know, in our multitude of scenarios we were running through, at some point it became a good idea to punch a famous person in the face. <laughs> but uh, I don't think we'll ever get invited back to hang out. With not worth it. Bay or Cabot or Farah or any of those people. So I promise publicly I will not punch anybody in the face. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Jabay. I can't wait till this one comes out. <laughs> sorry we're when get you some listen weird to this. messages when this one comes out. Uh, so anyway, so we're going to that. There's and then some, there's um, some local events for you guys who are not nearly awesome enough to come with. But <laughs> is that is that a be. subtle dig, yeah, or are you inviting them? I want I want everybody to come. I th- I think that there need to be fra- phrasing phrasing phrasing. <laughs> Damn it, Robbie. But anyway, there's uh there's a cars and coffee on that Saturday. There actually, there's two cars and coffees on the Saturday. One right. at Carl's. Yep. Carl's and coffee. Carl's and coffee. <laughs> Much get, better. We're name. gonna make it stick. Goddamn. Oh it. yeah. And one at George White Names. And there's also a test and tune that day for the DMVR. And then there's also a race for the DMVR and Iowa region on Sunday. Pretty packed calendar. Yep. Yeah, lots of stuff to do if you're uh, if you're not going to Grid Life. We uh, we actually did some racing recently. We did. We did a little bit of racing. We finally made it to Marshalltown. Well, two-thirds of us made it to Marshalltown. I was there. With cars. Oh, then never mind. 
Yeah, you showed up for about an hour and then peaced out. Well, if I'm not racing. Oh, where'd Rabbit go? Oh, oh no, he's, yeah, he's out. He's out. Yeah, he bailed. Okay. It's hot out. So you uh, drove out there with new suspension. Yeah, my car made it on the ground for the first time in, in a few months, uh, about 11.30 the night before. And my my alignment approach was max all the things, call it a day. Figure it out. It'll be fine. Soon as long as it doesn't ve- you know veer off into a ditch. It actually drives quite straight uh, as long as you keep your hands on the wheel. If you let go of the wheel, it will do whatever the fuck it wants, but it still has a fuckload of toe on so the front. So you need some, yeah. And I did that before. I seriously doubt that that's because of a poor alignment. It's just because of a very aggressive alignment. Maybe if you get a little more caster in there, it might be slightly more happy. But with that much toe, if it finds a low spot, it's going to fucking go after it. But my my concern about not having very much camber in the front was not a justified concern because that car has quite a bit in the front. It's who, who told you you were going to have less scamber? The guy that sold him thought maybe Well, the you guy would? that sold him told me that if I have the factory spindles, it probably won't end well. And that makes me wonder if I don't have some modified setup. Plus, your shock towers on the front, the holes have been modified slightly. They've been elongated. Yeah, so you get a couple of degrees there, probably. Yeah, I figured I that guess. was probably more caster than camber, but maybe not. Oh, because like, it was like... A, a rotated kind of elongated. Yeah, it was a rotated thing. You could turn them. But uh, there's this thing that's very common with the with the Omnis that has been deemed the SLH package, which is stops like hell. Nice. Yeah, right? We're creative over here. I can tell. The front-wheel drive Dodgers of the world. We're quite creative, <laughs> folks. Uh, and that is taking a number of different parts off of different cars from different years and combining them to make a factory big-ish brake kit, a little big brake kit, if you will. Okay. And I I think that I might have part of that. I don't have all of it because all of it would require the 11-inch rotors off of the early 90s caravan. And, and not only are those 5 by 100 but they're definitely not going to clear a 13-inch wheel. But I wonder if I maybe have some of the other parts that are included in the... Uh, in the SLH kit, and maybe that would include changing the spindle, and that's why it's not as bad as I expected. Ah, okay. That would make sense. The history on that car is still vague. Shrouded in mystery. We know people that know that. Every time I work on that car, I find something else that's not factory, and every time I post pictures on that car, someone's like, hey, what's that? I don't fucking know. I thought that was normal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's too bad Bart's not still around. I have this giant bar on the front of the car that ties the front end together, the the left and right side of the front end together, right up behind the bumper. And you can see it plain as day, uh, like especially if the car's in a hard corner. And when I posted pictures of that car for a build log, someone was like, I think I know who owned that car before because that bar on the front there, he built that. And I talked to him when he had that at... SCCA solo nationals back when they were in Topeka in the nineties and he offered to build one for me and then he did and it's on my car still and it was one of the best suspension upgrades I've ever done to that car and I was like are you kidding me because I thought that was factory and all of them had it was it Bart was it actually Bart yeah it was Bart okay I said I said his the previous owner's name was Bart Holden and he goes now that you say it I'm certain that's him huh he was an interesting Man, for and sure. That guy is from Washington. A lot, of, a lot a, of great people from Washington. And he owns a Consulier GTP. Nice. 
Um, bringing back some old episodes. Yeah, stuff I don't, I, it took me a second to remember what that was. <laughs> um, what else we got? Oh, uh, since we didn't do it earlier in the episode because we had guests, you should check us out on all of our social media pages, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter at uh, at the number 10 tense podcast on Car Throttle. Yeah, Car Throttle. I've been trying to be more regular about posting on there and people seem to really like what we posted. Yeah, we found that there's an admin. He lives in Minnesota. Is that right? I don't remember where he's from. He lived north of here, but he was kind of in the area recently, uh, which is bizarre. I thought uh, Car Throttle was mainly people in the UK. but uh, Yeah, they've got a few American teams that I think do some of the moderation of some of the cars, uh, the, the owner communities for cars that don't really exist there. Like they have a oh, Silverado yeah, yeah. one. Yep, that would Which make sense. definitely does not exist there. Right. And uh, like a bunch of the, they have a couple generations of F body. Sure. And okay. Stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, if you're that guy and you happen to be listening to this, you should contact us because we harassed you on Car Throttle. But there's no way to direct message people on Car Throttle. Uh, if there bizarre. is, I haven't found it again. So, uh, yeah, if you are Ooh, listening that, to this. That brings me another point. You finish. If you are listening to this, uh, please do contact us through one of those other social media sites because we would like to hang out with you and ask you questions. What was your other thing? Uh, real quickly, speaking of things I thought weren't possible, and just because I hadn't looked into it deep enough, turns out you can, in fact, rate and leave reviews for any podcast on iTunes. And what you got to do is you have to go to the search function in your podcast app, search for the podcast that you're looking for, click on the review section, and then there is a uh, rate and review button. You click that, you do that, and you can leave a review, turns out. Yeah, and please do that. Um, somebody did it last week and actually wrote a review. I think we've yep. got we've obviously got more ratings than we that was, do. That was Bob. Bob did it. Thank Bob you. Bob did it. Much appreciated. But uh, that is obviously huge. And uh, if we can move higher up on that list, we can bring in bigger guests. We can do different things. I mean, it it uh, it'll help improve the show overall as opposed to just helping us become more famous. Yeah, that's that's us begging you to help us. Um, I think that is it. You guys got anything else? I do not. We will catch you guys maybe, well, next week for sure, but hoping to bring you some grid life coverage. So please be on the lookout for that. Probably on mainly our Facebook page uh, if we do live Facebook, streaming. Facebook, I'm sure we'll Robbie do some will Instagram be tearing stuff. up the Instagram. Yep. Countless pictures. For sure. But if you want to get some live updates, definitely check out our Facebook page and we will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. We forgot it's the fucking Dudecasode. It's the Dudecasode! That's stupid. It's not stupid, Robbie. Damn it, Robbie. People loved it when we did it last time. Yeah, it there is not one person that comments about feedback. it. No, it's not true. I got feedback. Somebody somebody texted me like, ha, 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 Dudecasode. Was that Jabay? It was. I think, I think, it, I think it was. <laughs> yeah. All right, you're going to get one text from Jabay. I'm fine with that, Dude, too. Dudecasode. <laughs> Suck it, Robbie. <laughs>